Hello and welcome to the new edition to Project Akutesichas, the new and fresh podcast. Um, name to be announced. If you have any ideas, feel free to let us know in the comments. And we are going to go ahead and start our very first Sicha. So it is Sicha, Chelak Yudzain, Perkeaves, Perke. And uh, you can open up, learn it inside if you'd like, but we are going to be learning outside. So first off, we start with the source, Perkeaves, and it comes from Perkeaves. And it's speaking about 10 unique things made. Right before Shabbos, Banish Mashais, which is by twilight, uh, during the seven days of creation, right after Adam and Chava were created. So, some examples of these ten things was talking donkey, Bilam's donkey, um, Maisha's staff, etc. Um, but the two things that we are going to uh, focus on is Shadim and Tongs. And, yeah, so we're going to focus on Tongs for right now. And Shadim will get back to you later. Keep it in a little box in your mind. Don't forget about it. So, if you think about tongs, you know, made to grow the fire, the only way to make tongs is with tongs. So, Gemara has a question. Who made the first pair of tongs and how? And you guys might have figured out that, that answer to that question already because it was one of the ten things made by creation. And who made things by creation? Hashem. So, it was made by Hashem, Benishmashes, seven days of creation. Right before Shabbos. We have another question though. And this is where we're really going to get into it guys. So that was like broader question. And of course, very amazing question coming from the Gemara. Very important. But uh, you know, you always need the simple and important questions for base. But we're going to jump into some more deep questions. So everything else from these 10 things is um, a unique thing out of nature. A nace, a miracle. Something... Uh, supernatural but but like tongs and yes it is supernatural because it's tongs and tongs are made from tongs and how did they just show up and what happened here but it's not something that you would peg as supernatural or maybe you would but most people would not so it, it kind of reminds you of the question like what came first the chicken or the egg you know and that does not come through from the rabbi but just an example think about it like it's, it's like, yeah, whatever came first, came first. Hashem made one of them and, and the rest came. It's like that with tongs. Make one, Hashem makes one, more come. And everything in that Hashem does is an ace, but it doesn't feel like this crazy miracle. So we have another question. We're not going to answer that one now. So you got to wait. You got to have some, uh, you know, got to wait there. Um, but we have another question. So it says that the world was created complete. When Adam, when, by the time Adam came into the world, the world was complete. So how did these 10 things come after? You know, if it says the world was complete for Adam, he came down to the world. Hashem made him, blah, blah, the whole system. And then everything was there for him. Everything that he needed to use for his Aveda, which we'll get to. Very important little point there. So how did these things come after if everything in Adam's Aveda was already supposed to be there? And the answer to that is that it's not necessary for his Avaida. These 10 things were not necessary for Adam's Avaida. Now, Adam came down into this world. The animals, the fish, the birds, the sky, the ground, all these things were necessary for Adam's Avaida. But these things obviously were not. Now, what does that mean? Everything Hashem makes is necessary. Now, in our Avaida, a normal Avaida, don't think about Adam, think about yourself, guys. 
in our Vaida, there is our actual soul of Vaida, our core of Vaida. And then, on top of that, there's Nisim and there's negativity, not good things. So there's positive things and negative things. And those two things can be used, but they are not necessary for our Avaita. We don't need Kriya Samsaf nowadays. Kriya Samsaf is very important, but it's, you know, we have to find the stuff out of nature and out of the things that we were given. And not always are we given Nisim. And sometimes we are gifted to get Nisim. But not always is that how life works. So either there's the positive coming out of your Avaita or the negative coming out of your Avaita. And an example for positive could be Nisim. An example for negative that we already mentioned in the beginning, if you remember, Shadim. So these things are outside our realm of Avaita. They are separate from us. You could bring it into your Avaita. You could recognize the Nisim in your life that happen all the time. You could, you know, the negative you shouldn't have to bring in, but all those things. Um, they are outside our realm of Avaita. Not saying that they're useless, but they are more external from us. An example, like a teacher... They come in and they have their students that they are supposed to teach. Not, saying, not to say that they are not going to teach everybody and be a living example and a dogma chaya and whatever. But they're coming in to teach the students. The teacher, teacher is not coming in to teach the principal. The principal is not her purpose. Now, when the teacher speaks to the principal, for sure she can... Um, teacher things and the teacher can and the principal can learn from the teacher and they can learn from each other but that's not what the teacher's really there for so that's an example hope that helped um we're moving on to another question guys it's hard to keep up with these questions um if you need to go back you can always do that so where do tongues fall in what category are they in the positive category the negative category we said there was you know, two categories of things that are outside, outside our realm of Vaita. So where does tongs fall in? Are they a negative aspect? Are they a positive aspect? What's going on here? So keep that in mind. We're moving on to some information. And everything the rabbi adds in the Sikhais is very important. And the order is very important. So this is, you know, although it may seem confusing, this is going to help you. So everything in the world that was created has a purpose of being its own. You know, a rock, it has a purpose of being a rock. But the tongs, they were made almost selfless because the tongs were just made to make more tongs. Um, so it was made to make more of itself, which is a selfless thing. Meanwhile, rocks were made to be rocks. And yes, rocks are used for other things, but tongs, the actual item was made to make more tongs. So it is a selfless, so-called selfless item. And yeah, so, so this concept of tongs being made selfless, it represents hachsher. Hachsher is a very important word, guys. We're learning some words here. And I know as me, as a person, language is hard for me. But we are going to say this word so many times by the end of this. When you're in Chamish class and your teacher says hachsher, or Yiddish or Sikha class, you will know what it means. And not hechsher like kashras, hechsher like hachana, like preparation. So this concept of tongs being made selfless represents the hechsher, the preparation for doing a mitzvah. Not doing the actual mitzvah, not the sole mitzvah, not the end goal. 
It's the road that you take there, the hechsher, the preparation, to the mitzvah. These tongs symbolize that. Because the tongs were made as a means to get to another tongue. And that symbolizes your avaida before the mitzvah. The road you take to get to that end goal, to that mitzvah. So we're still left with a question in, though. After all this information that we had, if you still remember the question, think about it for a minute. Okay, I'm going to say it. You're still left with a question. Are the tongs a positive thing? Are they a negative thing? Now, by now, you could probably figure out. And we'll see. So getting back to some info that the rabbi brings in. The hechsher can seem irrelevant. No, oy, no matter your road, just the destination. Like, no matter what the road is, Hashem put us down here to do mitzvahs. Not to, you know, do all these things before it. And no one said you have to do all these crazy things before it and be, I don't know, Zrizus and whatever. It, it, it's about the mitzvah at the end of the day. We all know that. But, um... Yeah, so to us, the hechsher doesn't seem like such a big deal. What's the rabbi going on about? You know? But we see that this can't be true. You know, seemingly we might think that, that the road towards the mitzvah doesn't matter. But it's not true. Because by creation, Hashem made the symbol of tongs, of the road to get to your mitzvah, the, the tongs in order to make tongs. Anything Hashem could have possibly done by creation he, he chose to do what he chose to do. He could have done so many things. He could have made things our brains can't even comprehend. He chose to make this, which means that this has great, great significance. So technically, going back to this, in halacha, hechshar mitzvah doesn't matter. Just the mitzvah itself. However, now we're getting to the end part. We said how it feels like it wouldn't be important. Then we said how it must be important because Hashem did it by creation. Now we're saying, but Allah, it says do the mitzvah. It doesn't matter what comes first. But what about the creation? So we're going back and forth. But this is the answer. To, ha- to Hashem, the will of Hashem, <coughs> excuse me, meaning Hashem himself, there is a difference. Because this is referring not just to doing the mitzvah, getting the brownie points, of course, the mitzvah is incredible. <coughs> but doing the mitzvah, getting the brownie points, it's about your relationship. And to Hashem, to the will of Hashem, Hashem himself, this matters so, so much. Okay, amazing. Hope you guys understand that. I wish I could ask you if you guys do. But we are going to get into a little example here. And I'm going to ask you a little question. If you guys are in high school or have been in high school, um, what is the greatness of production? Is it that two-hour where you have a blast, but that two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour night that you have where you put on the show and everything's perfect and it goes smoothly and all the mothers of the community and the sisters and the aunts and the friends, they come to watch it and everyone's joining and happy and smiling. But is that really the main part of production? If you say it is, which I could maybe agree with you if I hadn't learned the Sicha. If you say it is, okay. Hire the most professional actors who can do it literally on the spot. Get a bunch of them. Memorize the lines. Make a beautiful production. A better job than we could have ever done. Put it on. 
Would it ever be the same? And not just because it's not the girls from the community. Everything. It just would not be the same. Everything about it. Which means that it's about the hechsher. It's about the laughs you had when you messed up by practice. It's about the time that your, your dance had forced you to come. When you really didn't want to. But you came and you had the best time. It's about when you were way too tired to dance. And you sat on the side and everyone said come in. And you had the best time. It's about the time where you messed up the lines in front of everyone. It's about all those core memories that you make before the actual production night. And that production night is that goal, the, the thing that you accomplished. And it might be the funnest part, but it is not. They're just as precious to each other. You can't measure which one's more important because they are both so important and so beautiful. And yes, one might be the end goal, but they are both so equally important and so equally loved and you know so i have another example for you guys just to make it even clear and this one's actually about a mitzvah so there we made it very practical we were talking about production and i would call the the practices etc the tongs and the actual production the tongs coming later on tongs in order so that there should be more tongs Next, we're going on to an an example about Pesach. Pesach. All the mothers, as soon as we get that little warmness, or maybe not if you live in Canada like me in the air, everyone starts to freak out. Oh my gosh, Pesach's coming. What should we do? You have to clean and to cook and to buy and there's no yummy food. Or there is. You're very lucky, you know. Got some good food going there. But you don't have the normal food that you're used to. And it's, it's a pain. It could be a pain. Or are you going to go? Are you going to mop the floors with your family? Everyone gets a job. You lock off, block off with some yellow tape on the, on the cupboards. Are you going to enjoy peeling all those fruits and vegetables and all this stuff? Are you going to plate the Seder plate perfectly and set it up and, and be passionate about it? That is so important to Hashem. The, to- the very first pair of tongs, the cleaning, the cooking... It's, it's so important to Hashem if, you know, you really care about it. And we are going to bring a story. Wow, guys. I hope you could still remember the questions and answers because we're getting a little bit woo with ourselves right here. So here we got a story. And this story comes from the Gemara. And this story is more of a lesson, but also a story. It's a story about a man named Reb Chia. Very, he's a big Talmud Chacham. Very smart knowledgeable he was an amazing teacher and he actually was a teacher and he taught young children and he didn't just teach them he was so smart listen he was guys amazingly smart a complete but what did he do before his classes he got nets and mesh and and things to draw with and he made crafts and he worked extremely hard to bring those things to the kids now, why is that so important? Because Reb Chia, he didn't just teach and, and get the Torah cl- across. And he could have got it across beautifully, not saying not. But because he loved every aspect of teaching, that's why he worked hard on the things prior to that. Because every aspect of the teaching he loved. And every aspect he wanted to bring to the children. He wanted to make it the best it could ever be. Again, the crafts, the arts and crafts, tongs. The actual teaching, second pair of tongs, third, fourth, etc. So, 
now we're getting on to the lesson. This is very important, guys. I hope, you know, you could have already gotten the basic idea. But just like Reb Chia, the same is for us. We are going, are we going to farm out from our so-called headache of the Heksher for the mitzvah? It can be a headache. Pesach cleaning can be a headache. Production practice can be a headache. Making arts and crafts for Reb Chia's class can be a headache. But are we going to farm out on that headache that can turn into something so beautiful? That hechsher? And with that, our relationship? Or are we going to embrace the hechsher? And with that, our relationship. The hechsher is our relationship with Hashem. And you don't know how important it is to Him. And if you need some proof to back that, Hashem made the symbol for us in the days of creation. The most important, one of the most important part of History, it's when the world was started. And Hashem would have never brought that symbol into the days of creation if it wasn't important. So every one of you, I want you to take a lesson from this. To go and to and not just when you're doing Miftsayim, to just do it and to just get the, uh, the person to take some Neshek. But when you're packing it, you should think about what you're going to say and you should be excited. You should bring some friends along. And when you're on the bus, you should say, I'm not missing out on my Friday. I am going to have the best time and use it guys. Use the Heksher. It's a gift. Um, and everybody should have a great week and a great Shabbos. Thank you for listening.